Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Salt Lickers, to the Salt Lick Film Review, the People's Film Review. I'm one of your host, Spencer Marshall, joined by my other hosts, Everett Davis and Evan Forsyth. We have the most amazing episode of the Salt Lick Film Review today. We are going to be reviewing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and a bunch of other really famous people, directed by Quentin Tarantino. This is his ninth film. This is the Salt Lick Film Review. We're going to be taking it away with what we've been watching this week. Evan, what do you got? For me, um, Goodwill Hunting. Selena had never seen it, so we uh, we sat down and watched it. It was it was a nice refresher, actually. I there's like I I remembered most of it from when I saw it a long time ago, but the scene where uh, Robin Williams and Matt Damon get like really emotional towards the end, like there's just like that super emotional scene in his office. I love the contrast between like my happy, like upbeat beginning to this episode, and then just. The very meaningful scene between Robin Williams and Matt Damon. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to freak out about it. But, no, yeah, like, I, so we watched Good Will no, Hunting. You see, you see, Evan, you're supposed to say, oh, my gosh. Uh, like, Spencer, I was just watching Good Will Hunting this week, and it was the most amazing movie ever. And this was a really meaningful scene. You got to check it out. Why do you then, talk so fast right now? Because I just wanted to have a fun time. I feel like every episode, he's like, like his intros, like, gets slightly faster until <laughs> eventually, know. like, it's just going to be like, <laughs> like done <laughs> we're like wait what, what what podcast are we watching i mean for the past like four five maybe six episodes i've actually taken it pretty pretty mildly wouldn't you say no, no. i think you're getting way I, I, that's why i, I think said. that's I like think, the fastest i've like tried it for like seven time. weeks now maybe it's maybe it has been going i'll have to go back and and, and listen to them again anyway either Evan, way Evan, Evan, I, have in, I have interrupted you please and take then uh we also watched well no not we i watched inglorious bastards because it came on netflix like a few days ago really and because i had seen once upon a time in hollywood uh, immediately after i had seen it i was like oh i love tarantino and then i turned on netflix on my tv and i was like oh inglorious bastards nice. <laughs> here we go <laughs> so we wa- so i watched inglorious bastards and i loved it i loved it just as much as the first time that i watched it it's amazing um if you don't know who quentin tarantino is or you've never seen a quentin tarantino movie there Brace are, yourself. There are three things that you need to be aware of. And maybe these three things are good that they're coming now before the podcast. Not that this film, Once Upon a Time, was his like worst in terms of like what was in it. But Tarantino always has a lot of language. So if you're not a fan of the F words, don't watch Tarantino films. Um, usually has a lot of graphic violence. Lots of... Over uh, the top. Over the top yeah. graphic violence. Over the top Hollywood style violence. Lots of blood. Lots of gore. Um, and the final thing is, I guess there's really only two things that he has, but I would say <laughs> I said three things. I was saying three things like, yeah, I'll have three things. But it has, the third thing I would say is there's always a stellar cast of characters. Like, you will never go into a Tarantino film and be like, oh, that was a totally terrible cast or there was some crap people. Like, Tarantino always gets just the best people to act in his movies. But that being said, yeah, this is rated R for sure. Um, and Glorious Bastards rated R for sure, but it's a great movie. That was just what I watched. I just, I think it was the, both of those things was what I watched. Christoph Waltz is amazing in that movie. Oh, yeah, Christoph Waltz. That's right. He's, He's so, so amazing good. in that movie. Anyway, Everett, what do you got? Uh, Daddy Daycare. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> With Eddie Murphy. I Bringing it, it back. 
Yeah, I yeah, that's pulling one out of the the old vault. The old vault out of the old uh, VHS closet. (laughs) (laughs) Easily a VHS classic. Um, Yeah, so I was on vacation and we stayed in like the worst hotel ever. I don't even know if I'd call it a hotel. It was like just anyways. Um, like a motel from hell or high water kind of deal kind of yeah um but we had my little surface tablet and um yeah we used a mobile hotspot and pulled up netflix and got daddy daycare going so there you go all in all successful trip (laughs) that's a that's a one that sounds wonderful mobile hotspot on a surface tablet and a less than stellar (laughs) motel see but see (laughs) (laughs) this is like the setting for a great like satirical movie see but like i could watch daddy daycare unless i had like a my beautiful wife next to me you know why that movie's i could I could definitely watch it. You could by watch myself. Daddy Daycare by yourself. Absolutely, all the way through. You telling me you wouldn't watch? You wouldn't watch an Eddie Murphy classic? I would watch an Eddie Murphy classic. I don't know if I could do Daddy Daycare though. Wow. Okay. So, what would be your top Eddie Murphy movie? Oh man. Can you, you even name another one? You can't. You cannot back up what you just said without naming <laughs> a better than Daddy Daycare Eddie Murphy movie that's could just any Eddie Murphy movie. Stand that one about like the haunted mansion. That was like actually, that was not better than that Daddy was not Daycare. better than Daddy Daycare. I thought it was no, no. That's just <laughs> the only other one you can think of. That's just because Fat like, Albert was better than that. Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey! Fat Albert was actually pretty good. Look at that. I can actually name two Eddie Murphy movies. Here, well. Y'all owe me dinner, okay? Y'all owe me dinner. Congratulations. <laughs> Would you like a was it like a medal, a trophy? No, I like to get on with my review. All right. So uh this what have you week been I have been watching Mad Men. Okay. That is a slow but it's, it's a, a slow burn, it but it's a, a good very, one. very slow burn. <laughs> but it is really, really good. Because the actors are really good. I think like if they didn't have the cast that they had for this movie that they have right now, the show would not work. Like John Hamm is John Hamm is so is like really good at just drawing people in. He's really good at at make at creating the intensity of a scene. Um, there's another guy. His name is Andrew something. He, oh gosh, he's in that one video game. He's like a policeman in L.A. I forget the Everett. You had this. You had this Xbox game that you gave to me one time. L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir. Oh, that guy is really. I really enjoy him in this. Was in, a total in guess. This TV series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was that a total guess as to the title of the, the the video game? No, I knew the video game. It was a total guess as to which one you were referring to. Which one to. I was referring to? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, let's see who else is there's. I can't name everybody off the top of my head. Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, it's set during the 50s and 60s. They are marketers for a cigarette, for the cigarette company. And there's a lot of, uh, there's obviously a lot of like romance. A lot of smoking. Drama, lots of smoking. <laughs> they think that smoking won't cause cancer, which is really funny. You're kind of like, ah, ha, ha, you know. Anyway, uh, go watch Mad Men. I'm sorry. That was like the best. Like, there's a lot of smoking. It's funny because they think cancer won't, or smoking won't cause cancer, and just go watch it. Because there's so much that goes. Your whole on. synopsis of that show it's was like, like smoking. Yeah, smoking and romantic drama. That's see, basically like what it. you describe. There's a lot of people cheating on other people's wives. That's basically <laughs> that's basically like the whole. I wasn't whole hooked, thing. but as soon as you threw me that line, I'm in. These like corrupted. Evans, <laughs> cheating. Like, oh boy. He's like, like corrupted, corrupt, ignorant, adulterers. <laughs> 
It is just sheer adultery for and like the smoking. whole and smoking <laughs> for the whole TV show. End scene. All right. There you go. Moving on to our review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, guys, let's start with our up and down as we always do. Evan, I believe you're reading the up. Are no, you Everett's not? got the up. Everett, got you got the up. Wanted, he wanted to read a specific one. Yeah. Uh, I really like the one from The Telegraph um, by Robbie Collin. It's a it's a straight 100, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't see these very often. There's a gleeful toxicity here that will launch a thousand think pieces. Pitt's character is a capital P problematic, absolutely by design, but the transgressive thrill is undeniable and the artistry mesmerizingly assured. <sighs> nope. <sighs> All right. I'm coming out. I'm saying it. I'm sorry. This movie... I think that some directors have the ability to make artistic moves, really bold artistic moves, and it really hits well. Tarantino's one of those guys. This movie didn't do it for me. Now, are you mad at the movie or are you mad at Brad Pitt? I am mad. I am mad at the movie in, Good. Ge- in general. Do not slander Brad Pitt. I am not slandering Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt was phenomenal in this movie. So was Leo DiCaprio. So was most of the cast. However, how they were brought together by Tarantino's script fell pretty flat for me. There's like no narrative arc. Margot Robbie didn't even need a part in this movie. Yes, she did. <laughs> no, she didn't. Not she, she played. You don't like, know the actual story, Spence. So that's why you don't think she needs a part. I know the story now. But no, I mean, you knew it because I said it in, out in my driveway. That's what I'm saying. Hey, have you, I know it now. Do you know who Charles Manson is? No. <laughs> well, then yeah, this whole movie's a flop for you. But I'm Come saying, on, bud. <laughs> I'm saying like Margot Robbie, she could have played. She could have played like a much, even a much smaller role than she did in this movie, because for the most of the movie, she doesn't interact with basically anyone. She's just watching. She's watching a movie. She's flirting with her boyfriend. Going to dinner. That and going to dinner, and like that's it. Like the narrator, the narrator even brings her up at the end of this movie during this. Like, yeah, yeah, can't can't go down that road because it's a spoiler, but. The narrator brings her up in the end of the movie, and like she doesn't even play into the most climactic part of the movie, like hardly at all. She could well, have. That, Spence, she m- literally could have made a cameo for like two minutes at the end of the movie. No. Yeah. No. But tell me, like, what what role besides a cameo at the end of the movie, kind of like a kind of like this? Ha ha ha! Here's this about Sharon Tate that kind of like brings it all together, and then and then scene. The whole thing is a build up to that end. But she doesn't do, like, anything, though. You know what happens in real life in the end. She dies. While pregnant. Right. Horrible murder. They cut the baby out, Spence. Yeah. One of the worst. You don't know this, so don't say yeah, because I'm telling you. I'm I'm saying I'm (laughs) agreeing. I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm saying keep going. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm just telling you that this whole thing is built up. So... Ah, no, not in, not now. In you gotta, spoilers, got to get into spoilers, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <All> right, <laughs> but okay, but then building up to that, it's like it's all these dudes, and it's just a bunch of vignettes of them in Hollywood. Oh, I love it. I mean, there are some <laughs> funny parts. There are some really, really funny parts. And I'm, I'm just gonna read the down. All right, go read the down. I'll read, read the, the down. down. It's still a seventy. <laughs> um, the Hollywood Reporter, David Rooney. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is uneven, 
unwieldy in its structure and not without its flat patches, but it's also a disarming and characteristically subversive love letter to its inspiration. 100%. Yeah. I totally can, agree like, with that. I can agree with that, like, maybe halfway. Okay. In what way? I just think that, like, for me, it was a slow burn until the end. Like, most... Like, the parts with Brad Pitt were always good. Like, I love the parts with Brad Pitt. Certain Leo parts I liked, and other parts were just kind of filler to me. Um, I understand why Margot Robbie's character had to be in the film. My only issue with her character was that she was given kind of, I feel like, too much time. They could have still... I, I didn't care that they were telling her story. I just felt like they told her story too long. Like, it was... Like, she needed to be in it, but, like, there were parts that they could have cut down on. Like, the movie scene, to me, was, like... It was literally... Like, if they could have just had her go into the movie, watch a couple scenes, and then ended it, but that scene went on for, like, a solid seven to ten minutes. Easy. Mm, yeah. Um, But mostly... For me, I, I loved it. Like, I'd put it in his top five, mm-hmm. in Tarantino's top five. And I thought, like I said, it's a slow burn. It, If you're not familiar with Tarantino and if you're not also a fan of artistic-type movies, this it'll be hard to capture your attention watching it yeah. in the first 30 minutes, yeah. in the first hour even, maybe in the first hour and a half. I will say this, too. Like, you do get laughs in this movie, but the laughs are... The laughs are really good. The laughs that you do get are like really, really good laughs, but I feel like they're too far. They're too far apart. No, I thought it was pretty consistent. Because I went like the whole way through. I went two and a half hours, and the audience laughed at five. Let scenes, me ask you five what, lines. Let me ask jokes. you what the demographic of your audience was, and then we'll see. We'll see why. Okay. What do you know? Do you know who was in the theater with you? What age group do you think was in the theater with you? Thirty to fifty year olds, around that age, more than anything. Okay. And like maybe 10% of them are millennials like me. All right. I just, had a, very, I just had a very different theater, I guess. And well, mine was probably also, I had more older couples, so like not, not senior citizens, but like people in their 40s and 50s then. And there was probably, I think the row I was on actually had the only millennials in the theater that were anywhere from ages like 19 to 27 mm-hmm. i was definitely the youngest one in the theater absolutely like i did not see i like walked in and saw just people that were straight 40s and 50s yeah so they thought it was hilarious and they yeah my theater was cracking i up thought it was time. hilarious and I, I was too like i laughed a lot during I this laughed movie too I'm, just, I'm saying there were good laughs i'm just saying that i think that there were like a lot of the laughs were just too far too far apart okay Let's it was a spoilers. long movie it was two hours 45 minutes yeah but most of tarantino's films are yeah so, uh, yeah, let's move into. We'll jump into spoilers here. So this is gonna be interesting. We'll uh, we'll kind of talk about. I I would like to start with what we all did like about the movie. Okay. And we can talk about the other stuff later. Okay. But I will I will go ahead and say first of all, and this is with every Tarantino film, the casting choices are always just impeccable. Like yes. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, um, Emil Hirsch. Um, Al Pacino. I was Al actually Pacino. surprised that I was surprised that Emil Hirsch didn't play a bigger role in this movie. I was. Kind of seemed normal to you. Yeah, I don't think he needed to. Like I said, like probably not. I mean, he just seems like a guy that like has a lot of star power that you could wield a little bit more. 
True, like probably could have, but like he he was good at what he did. Sure. Um, you had I don't even know some of the other people, but like all the hippies played the hippie parts perfectly. Yeah, they did totally. <laughs> they, they Austin go, Butler like, did a great job. I liked I liked his uh, his role. He played Tex, you know, from oh, the Tex, ranch. Yeah, yeah, from the ranch. Uh-huh. Um, but first of all, the casting choices were just phenomenal. There was also uh, I'm gonna get this guy's Timothy name Oliphant. wrong. Timothy Oliphant, yeah, and then he's amazing. I like Bill, I liked him a lot. not Bill Murray. Who's the other guy? He looks like Bill Murray. The Kurt guy, Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I always get Kurt Russell and Bill Murray mixed up for some reason. I don't know he why. He does look a little bit like Bill Murray. Um, That's but funny. yeah, Kurt Russell's in it. Um, the Bruce Lee knockoff guy. That was he was funny. He was funny. That whole he, scene was <laughs> that amazing. whole scene was super funny. Yeah, I love it. That was, scene. It was a really funny scene. Um, and yeah, so first of all, casting impeccable. Um. The other thing that I really liked too was while I can agree that like the 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 plot line wasn't easy to follow for somebody who doesn't understand that kind of filmmaking like it you would walk in and be like okay where is this going and like where's the beginning middle end cuz it didn't really have one Mm-mm. I liked that so much out of Tarantino because I don't feel like any of his other films I'd seen him approach or try that style before mm-hmm. I feel like every other movie he's done has definitely had a very much beginning, middle, and end with a climax at a very predictable spot. Yes. And this movie had the climax at a spot where you'd think it would be, but it ended totally different than how you thought it was going to end. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was amazing. So, those are two things that really stood out to me. Like, it kept me engaged pretty much most of the time. And I, I laughed a lot. Like, I thought that the humor was spot on. I thought it was well-placed. I didn't think they were trying to oversell anything with the humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, like... I'm just I'm there for Brad Pitt mostly. Yeah, like his character was unbelievable. His, his character was great. But those are my those are my kind of like major ups from the film. Everett, what do you got? <sighs> major ups from the film. I like that I didn't know what to expect. I knew Sharon Tate was going to be a part of it, and I didn't know how sh- they were going to bring it into it. And I think one of my favorite things is how. Brad Pitt was Leo's stunt double, and in real life, I feel like they look nothing alike, but they pulled it off, so they were like almost <laughs> yeah. twins in that movie. I think they looked, yeah, they looked a lot alike in this movie. It was, yeah. They did a great job. I mean, I just have to give it up to the acting, honestly. Yeah. And I like how in the movie, they just bash actors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, they're phonies, they're fakes. <laughs> but really, I thought it was like, well put together. I've never been to LA and like, that time period but i feel like that's what it would roughly be like um oh the the setting and the scene very well done all the neon all the lights very well done all the like subtle references to like porn movie like industry stuff oh dirty dirty movie movie industry was booming back then you know also the hippie era oh gosh they sold it too well yeah they they sold the hippie era too well where i was like yeah, I can. Okay, I can see why. Yeah, <laughs> next step was taking it to hate Ashbury. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of like you know, fifteen, sixteen year old girls living in, living in, uh, on this old dude's ranch. Oh, that's the other person, Dakota Fanning, who yeah. did not look anything like Dakota Fanning. No, like redheaded and like different. She eye looked color. like trash looked, in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, serious. She looked like the most ghetto white girl I've ever seen in my life. It was bad. Not a good look for Dakota. Yeah. Played the character well, though. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. What else, Ev? Um, I don't know. I thought the ending was awesome. I thought it brought the whole name of the movie together. Yeah. Because 
I don't know. I thought the whole thing was built up perfectly. I feel like a lot of people thought it was like really slow. It was a slow burn, you know, but I thought it was awesome how they took this real life story and like made a whole movie about it going a different way in such a comedic fashion, you know? And it was such a violent and gruesome ending, but like I was just going. I I thought it was hilarious. I could I, I like almost couldn't keep myself together during that whole I fight scene. I loved the ending. I loved 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 the ending. Oh, all, when I when I was in the theater, like all the forty and fifty year olds behind me, every time Brad Pitt was like doing like some sort of action move, they'd all be like, ah, oh, wow. <laughs> like they were like doing the movements with him and like cheering and clapping. It was actually pretty, it was an infectious atmosphere. I sat sure. next to one of the most annoying guys I've ever sat to- next to. But like at the end, I was like, thank you for that experience, sir. <laughs> he was like 65 and he would like see something and he would just say it. Like, you know, they brought like the coffee out and he's like French press coffee. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I'm, I like looked over at him, and like you just sit there, and then like the car, he'd be like, uh, "Carmen Gia, poor man's Porsche," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> all right." And like that's like the blue car that Brad Pitt drove, you know, like down, oh, yeah. like drifting out. It's called a Carmen Gia, mm-hmm. and like just like everything, he had something to say about like everything, and he <laughs> like that when would, they cut the his heyday. That would be yeah when they 20. cut the tire, he's like switch knife, and I'm like. Okay. Right. And you just like say it out loud. <laughs> and I'm like, but my favorite was French press coffee. It's like the first time he said it, I like looked over at him. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, and you just sit there. And he would just get so excited about like everything that was happening. And my poor wife just like couldn't stand this movie. She's like, it was just three hours of misery. And I'm like, this, I just knew you weren't a Quentin Tarantino girl. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, but he loved it and I loved it. So, oh, honestly, the other person I forgot that was in it really fast, Damien McLewis or Damien Lewis as oh, Steve yeah. McQueen. I yeah. like when he popped in, I was like, oh, that's a guy from Band of Brothers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was funny for a hot second. Yeah. Damien Lewis was good. Um, yeah. I also have to give a round of applause to the, all the actors in this film. They all did an amazing job. Leo DiCaprio was phenomenal. Brad Pitt was, was phenomenal. Margot Robbie was phenomenal. And a lot of all the cameos. Scene, I love Bruce Lee, Kurt Russell. Wow, there's they had a lot of people. Bruce Dern, yeah, they had Maya everybody. Hawk, Austin Butler. Uh, who am I? Did I, did I mention Dakota? We already mentioned Dakota Fanning. Whatever yeah. her name, Izzo. Izzo. Yeah, <laughs> can't remember her first name. The French chick, or the Italian girl. The Italian. The, the white oh, girl. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. She <laughs> you want to come in my house? <laughs> <laughs> Hey you! <laughs> oh, she was <laughs> in the fight scene. She was so funny when they like pick up the knife and everything. She just like jumps out of her, <laughs> and the cops are like questioning her after everything settles down. And she's only speaking straight Italian, but super fast. And the police officer like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that I thought that whole scene was hilarious. But I think one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is after Leo starts playing that role, right? And he just messes up the lines in that trailer scene where he's in his trailer and he's like, quit drinking. And he's like looking in the mirror. He's like, you drink again. If you screw up your lines, I'm going to blow your head off. And he's like looking in the mirror. (laughs) Oh, man. That was like one of my favorite scenes, hands down. Just him in the trailer. Just quit drinking. Takes a drink. Like opens the door and like throws it in the Oh man, I thought that whole thing was oh, yeah. so Le- funny. Leo- His interchange with himself. Yeah, oh, yeah. too great. <laughs> <laughs> too great. 
You're talking like a baboon out there. Do 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 do. Throws the table. I also loved part two where after he does like the scene flawlessly, and the little girl comes up and she's like. That's the best acting I've seen in my whole life. He gets all misty eyed. <laughs> like, yeah, he gets teary eyed, like cocks the gun. Rick F. and Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leo is just always a treat to watch because one of the things that I like a lot that he does is he sells it in every performance. Like, no matter what, oh, I yeah. mean, obviously, with a Tarantino film, like, anyone's going to give their, like, top notch performance because Tarantino's not going to let them of act course, if they of don't. Course. Um, but like anytime Leo acts in something, you know, he's always going to get 110% and he nailed Rick Dalton like oh, out of the park. So like it was unbelievable. It was a perfect performance. Oh my gosh. And then Brad Pitt, just that guy. Whew. I love Brad Hero. Pitt. How it's like, you have basically the same person, you know, and one makes a ton of money and the other lives in a trailer and it's like a ghetto trailer. But when he, uh, the scene with his wife and she's like complaining on the boat (laughs) (laughs) i'm sick of being on this boat i've been up here fighting with you for four hours and you don't even want to fight he's like has his spear gun (laughs) (laughs) i love how he's just like kind of like kind of pointing it out here and like she doesn't even notice and then finally yeah they cut back to him (laughs) i just thought everything about this movie was so brilliant um okay let's talk about let's talk about structure though because that's the thing that like hit the down hardest and that's kind of the thing that i'm just i have concerns about okay everett i want you to give like your full-blown defense of like the structure of this movie especially like margot robbie's role i feel like her role could have been diminished at least 10 to 15 minutes and if i want to be politically correct i'd say you're misogynistic okay sure (laughs) but i won't say that because it's not true um I just heard a big argument about there. Actually, the only reason I say that is because there was this big scuffle that went on between Margot Robbie, Quentin Tarantino, and like a critic who oh, said right. Quentin Tarantino is misogynistic for giving Margot Robbie such a small role. And Margot Robbie came out and said, obviously, you didn't understand the movie. Yeah. And I shouldn't have even talked as much as I did. And I'm not deserving of this role and like a bunch of stuff. And Quentin Tar- Tarantino basically said like, "F you, don't ever watch one of my movies." <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know, Quentin, he he doesn't take it from anybody. He doesn't care. Nope. No, he does um, not. He doesn't have me, to anybody. <laughs> let me explain a little about why I thought Margot Robbie's role was so important. A, the whole era around Charles Manson is just like a booze, drug-filled sex romp. You know, like yeah. he had like a sex cult that was absolutely wild and you see some of that in the movie um but i mean i listened to like a few podcasts on it's like really interesting stuff like what he did um so in real life he kills sharon tate Mm. and it's like from what i hear it's like one of the most gruesome murders you've ever seen because Mm. she was pregnant like it was like a fully formed baby you know and like just terrible stuff hate to even think about it I think what this movie did and why they put her in there is to build her up as a person. You know, it's like she has a career and she likes her career. She goes to the movies to watch people's reactions to her films. And, you know, like she's just like a happy girl. And um, she's obviously married to some pretty successful people. I'm not sure which one she's married to and which one she's dating. Yeah, but she's like dating her ex. No, like he. So (laughs) you mean Jay Sebring? Yeah. He's like. He's like a friend 
of the family and like while Polanski's away shooting stuff, he like takes care of Sharon Tate, but they're like not Okay. They're not like having sex or anything. Like they're not romantic. Yeah, it's not involved. like an intimate they, relationship. He's just like it's he's kinda like the the best friend brother type deal. Like okay. Super major so, friend zone sort of Yeah, it makes sense. Um so basically what I think is they built her up to be a person and if you know the story of Charles Manson, you know that she was massacred in her like in the night. But this leads it up so she lives, you know, and it's like, well, I thought she was going to die, honestly. When you were like, oh, there's a huge, because I, I saw the movie like 10 minutes before I got here. Um, and all I knew is Spencer's like, there's a, a really good Quentin Tarantino scene at the last, really bloody, gruesome. And well, I'm that's like, what I was expecting because like, and I thought Sharon Tate was going to die. So like oh. I had that whole thing built up in my head of she's going to die. Oh. And then when it, they entered that house, I'm like, okay, so everyone's going to die. Yeah. Because obviously the children are going to get Sharon Tate because that's what happens. You know, my immediate thought when, so they have, they build it up. So these like hippie kids are like trying to get revenge on Brad Pitt. Right. And like they walk in, like all three of them like bust into the house and like one guy has like his gun pointed at Brad Pitt. Well, it's not to get revenge because they don't even know who he Yeah. They don't really, really like remember it. The reason that they went up there is the because Leo place. is such a. <laughs> okay. like yeah, he, he comes out and he's like, he's like, get this clunker out of my <laughs> freaking driveway. This is a okay, private street. I pay up the, some pl- they may, I pay up the button where taxes. I was like misinterpreting what was going on because were they going up to kill Tate? Or were they, they going were going to up to kill Tate. They were going up to kill Tate, but because Rick Dalton got came out, out there and, and, like, and yelled at them. at them, they didn't want to get out of the car because okay. they were afraid. So they backed down. So the this hill, is right? like an alternate now, ending yeah, yeah. to a true story. Mm-hmm. Yes. is basically what it is. Because I believe Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth are fictional characters, whereas everyone else is, is a real, real character. Yeah, is a real character. So Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth are like the. As I know, it, that's how it is too. They're the, they're the variable that changed. Like right. they weren't there originally. Okay. And. So basically what I saw it as is, okay, now we have people who are in the way. So it's going to get real bloody with those knives. They're going to kill Dalton, the Italian wife, right. and Brad Pitt. See, that was my immediate thought. I thought they were busting into the house, and like it's a Tarantino film. If he's got the, if he's got the gun on his head, I mean, he's going to pull the trigger, and there's going to be a oh, bunch yeah. of blood with <laughs> his head coming out. But then like Brad Pitt just makes this like super awkward but super, super funny scene. And then, like, yeah, it makes a couple of clicks at his dog, and then the dog just goes and attacks everybody, and is like Brandy, biting off their, my hero, biting off the guy's balls, and like one, then like he, then he bites off another girl's like hands, and like bites off her face. It's like it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. So, anyways, why I think her role is so important is because I think in everyone's mind it was built up that she's gonna die, and with the quick with the Tarantino film, you know, there's gonna be some pretty intense violence. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's like has been proven to be way over the top, and like, but I think that's why her role is so important for me, at least, is because it shaped the whole movie. And then I was pleasantly surprised when right. it was over, and I thought that was one of the funniest endings to any movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. effing a- burner to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's is everyone okay? Well, hippies aren't that's hippies true. Aren't. Yeah. they're effing dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's- S for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I I loved the ending fight scene because, one, it was still very Tarantino-esque, but it was faster than any other ending fight scene that Tarantino has ever done. Oh, yeah. It it, it was... Uh, Yeah, have you... Gosh, Django's is, like, ten minutes of, like... The Hateful (laughs) Eight, the whole movie is theoretically a fight scene. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, Django and Glorious Bastards is like on and off. Um, Kill Bill, obviously, pff, crazy. But like this one was his tamest, yet probably one of my favorite just altogether fight scenes. Because like, I'll just break it down here. <laughs> the hippie. So the hippies they go back down the hill after Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's true them. that that girl left too. That's yeah. a true. So they, there's four of them originally. They go back down the hill. The, one of the crazy girls is like, we've been growing up our whole lives watching like murder and death on TV, so let's go kill the people who taught us how to kill. And all like three of them, the three are like, yeah, it's a great idea. And the other girl's like, I would, no. <laughs> and so she, they like start walking up the road, and she's like, oh, I forgot my knife in the car. And he's like, well, here's the keys. Go unlock it. And she just jets, right? She's yeah. like, I'm gone out of here. Poof, drives away. And they're like, okay, so we're stranded. So they walk up to the house, and... <laughs> what had happened earlier is uh, Cliff Booth or Brad Pitt has taken his dog on a walk and taken an acid cigarette <laughs> that he had bought off a hippie like a day uh, earlier. Oh, man, he lights it up. <laughs> and here we go. And, <laughs> and the train gets rolling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just lights, and then, so he comes back into the house before they get back up to the house again, and he's he tripping balls. Like, he's like, the train left the station. Yeah, and so <laughs> he's trying to give his dog dinner and keeps like, like he like sort of misses the dog bowl, and he's like trying to Kinda open it. Kind of starts to eat it yeah. himself. <laughs> anyway, these guys come into the house and well they come up to the house and brandy the dog is alert and goes to the door and so you've got this confrontation one enters from the side texas in the front with the gun and the other girl has the uh leonardo DiCaprio's italian wife like at point blank with a knife too and so they're kind of in like this mexican standoff um and so brad pitt like pulls this hilarious banter because he's on this acid trip and so he's like are you guys real like you really here and they're like, oh, we're really here. And then they start, the guy's like, I'm here to carry out the devil's bidding. And Brad Pitt just loses it. Like, he starts just, like, hysterically <laughs> just laughing, laughing. hysterically, yeah. And his, so, eye, his eyes, like, widen. But he's, he's alert enough that he knows that, like, something's wrong. And so what he ends up doing is he ends up, like, right as, like, the music builds to a climax, he clicks his tongue a couple times, and Brandy just goes apeshiz crazy his dog, on, his dog, yeah. the, on Texas balls and just starts, like, gnarring on him and so he of course drops his gun and it, it starts off this whole chain of events and you've got the italian woman like now beating up the other girl with the knife you've got brad pitt beating up tex the lady who oh <laughs> he throws the can of dog food oh yeah right at that her chick's face. face as she's running towards him and just bashes her face in like her oh, face yeah. was mutilated oh yeah it was just like just it, and it was this ring of like the dog <laughs> the heavy metal dog food can of her face just smushed in but yeah. she's screaming and flailing her knife around oh my gosh it, and it's just it's, i'll tell you what i would not want to be hit in the face with that can of dog food oh it was and and the, you know those that's not like these whatever they make cans out of nowadays that's like it's like a steel can. Like uh -huh. these things are heavy without the food in it. Yeah. So he just like mutilates her face. Anyway, they have a bunch of fights. He ends up bashing this girl's head into like fifty different objects. That's like house. the funniest scene. And too. just like just it, yeah, he just destroys her. He like curb stomps Texas face in the girl that had been bit by the dog and had her face mashed in runs out and Rick Dalton's chilling in the pool like, <laughs> listening to his radio and she jumps in the pool and he's like what the fuck like, <laughs> freaks out he thinks he's a, I think he mutters he's like it's like a zombie or something <laughs> gets out of the pool and goes to his shed and grabs a flamethrower <laughs> which was the best scene probably of the whole movie because he'd gotten a flamethrower for being on the set of like a World War II movie a long time ago and had kept it 
and he gets the flamethrower out and just torches this girl in the pool. Just <laughs> a solid, like, probably 30 seconds of him just laying on this chick with a flamethrower. And then once it's over, it's over. Like, it, and the fight scene ends, and that's it. Like, it's probably a solid five straight minutes of nonstop fighting. And then he torches the girl, and it's over, and the police come, and, like, the movie starts to, like, wrap up. But it was... It was, like, it was it was so entertaining because it was, like, a Tarantino... It was a total Tarantino scene, like, hysterical violence. But, yeah, like you said, it was probably his most tame scene that he's done in, like, any movie ever. Oh, but then, I mean, he also had, like, the Bruce Lee scene, but that wasn't even that... Blo- that wasn't bloody. That was just, like, silly fighting. No, that silly, was just like, that was punching, kicking, fighting. And then the rest of the movie was just, like... Was just neurotic banter, basically. <laughs> it was great, though. You know, I, I watched. I really just did to watch love the neurosis of, of both of the guys, of both Cliff Booth and and uh, and Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton. I mean, like, and of course Leo and Brad just take it to take it to soaring heights. Anyway, yeah. I really can't complain. I mean, I know it was really long, but other than that, I don't really have any complaints about the movie, yeah. honestly. All right. Well, should we uh, should, should we, we wrap, wrap this baby it, up? Wrap it up. Yeah, let's, let's uh, do it. Spencer, why don't we start with you? Um, I'm going to give this movie a seven point five. Okay. Seven point five. Everett, what do you got? Eight point seven, I think. Okay. Evan, what do you got? Nine. Wow. On the money. So you said you weren't going to give a nine unless it was a fantastic film. So I really, I'm, did, I really I'm glad did think I'm, it was fantastic. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you you reached that point. We at the Solid Film Review are giving this an eight point four. That's a pretty good, dang good rating. It's point three below the the average on IMDb. I think IMDb has it listed as an eight point seven. It does. 8. Yes. 8. Metacritic's yeah. like an eighty five. Right. So. Right. But yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good average. I would say it falls in line with mostly how people felt about the film. I really, overall... How was that compared to Lion King? Was that more or less? That was definitely more than Lion King. I think King. it was more than Lion King, Well, I gave it? Lion King a nine-something. Oh, nine, I, I think. I gave Lion King like a seven, I think. Or a seven or eight. I can't remember, It might have been about e- on par. I think mm-hmm. I gave it like a seven. Like a straight seven. I think it was probably higher. Either higher or on par, just with Lion King. But it was, it was definitely... I loved it. Yeah. A good if if this is if this is Tarantino's last if it is his last then honestly I'm okay with it. Like, Supposedly he's going to if he does he's able to making some sort of remake correct Everett? Yeah, there was one. I mean, don't quote me on this because I got it from well it was from IndieWire so I guess it's kind of reliable. They've kind of gone off the rails a little lately. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were saying there's like I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like one remake that he wanted and he like really pushed for it. And apparently he's gonna change it up like crazy. It's like a pretty iconic movie, but I can't remember what it is. So um yeah. But if he gets that, then he's doing one more movie. If he doesn't, then he's done. That's so sad. End of an era, man. End of a legacy. Yeah, go out while you're on top. That's what I I'm guess. seriously So I'm saying about like Christopher Nolan. He's gotta make like two, three more good ones. Call it. Yeah. His new his new one is supposed to be just a straight like action thriller. Oh, I hear it's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be crazy. See, good. there's people like J.J. Abrams who can make movies till the end of time. People are just going to enjoy them. Yeah. But they're not like specialty flicks. Yeah. You know, I think Christopher Nolan and Tarantino are the definition of specialty directors. Where if you don't like them, you hate them. Oh, totally. I mean, like 
And so that's what these films have going for them is people hate them and or they like the go name. nuts about them. It's all with the name. Oh, I'm going to see a Tarantino film. And then you know what a Tarantino film is. Oh, this was directed. It's going to be so most, over the top. Yeah, I'm most go, people oh, don't. I'm going to see a John Woo film. You know who John Woo, you know what a John Woo film is. Oh, I'm going to see a Christopher Nolan film. You know what a Nolan film is. It's, it's like, a mind bender. Do you bender. have IMAX? No. Then why are you seeing a Nolan film? Why are you watching a Nolan film? <laughs> that's very true. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us here at the Salt Lick Film Review. As always, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, at our website saltlickfilmreview.com. Leave us a review, leave us a comment, tell us how we can improve anything you guys want to see. But as always, this is the guys at the Salt Lick Film Review signing off.